0: Good evening, folks. Welcome along to the LWB Leinster Club champ pod, an impromptu kind of a thing in the last 40 hours. We said right we've um, with a few clubs, um, definitely from Carlo in semi-final action. And we also have another geezer playing a little bit further up in Leinster in a semi-final as well. And it would have been remiss of us to not make some sort of a comeback uh, over the next couple of weeks just to um, provide a bit of content in relation to all those happenings. So... We are back, and it is in uh, association with Talbot Fitness, and we want to give a shout-out to them, located there. Some would say Leash, some would say Carlo, but uh, it's definitely in border territory anyway, and they have a big Black Friday sale coming up with up to 50% in terms of uh, discounts. So check out Talbot Fitness there on Facebook and on Instagram as well. So yeah, we have semi-final action. We have lots of it over the next couple of weeks. Um, We're going to recap on some of the fixtures that have happened over the past couple of weeks as well. So I'm going to bring in my esteemed colleagues, firstly, Steve Barmerick, John Olin, how are you doing lads? Good, yep. good Kevin. Sure. We are back baby. <laughs> We're back baby, back with a bang. <laughs> yeah, back with a bang indeed and uh, exciting times, the winter is very much shortened lads. Uh, thanks to St. Wollen's Club Moore, Michael Fortune above in, uh, in Fetkins as well and uh, speaking of the devil and he shall appear. Peter Fortune, how are you doing sir? How are you Kev, how are you Kevin? good to see you, all. We'll ah, we'll find it. Yeah, listen lad you're on a bit of a crystal wave up there so um <laughs> two two wins so far yeah you played two games one to two you're into a yeah. semi-final in the Leinster junior incredible stuff
1: yeah look I suppose um in the first round we had probably probably a bigger test than the last day it was the intermediate champions and in me there um Dunderry they were called and would have had a couple of, of players who've been involved in meet senior panels and things like that. So, um I suppose we, like we, we were under no illusions. We were, we were going to have to put in a serious effort to get over the line. And so you know, we, we, got through that game, I think it was seven points we won by. And you know, earlier in the year, we'd been looking for games off, off some of the higher level me teams and, and we were kind of being turned down. So it was, it was nice to kind of get that moment of, um you know, showing how, how good of a team we really are, you know, that that's, two county titles in a row we have. So, you know, I suppose I, I was listening to another podcast earlier and they were talking about, you know, maybe when you win one or two, you start to look outside and you think, can we get a run going here? And, and we seem to have a bit of a run going at the minute.
0: Yeah, it's great to see. And look, Peter, if you go back through the history of this competition and look what we'll say Aaron Zone did back in, in 05 and stuff, it's amazing what I can do, not just for the club involved, but the county in general, and you look at the progress that Loud has made over the past couple of years, it all seems to be on a crest of a wave.
1: Yeah, look, I suppose um there's there's massive work going up on, on Hurling here, particularly in our own club as well. You know, I, I suppose we've some great lads in our club. There's a man still playing with us there, Stephen Hackett, and I you know he probably seen it years before. Maybe other people noticed it that. Joe, it's actually the juvenile is what keeps clubs going and keeps clubs moving forward. And and he's put massive effort into our juvenile system. And I suppose, you know, we're starting to reap rewards of that kind of stuff from the work that men have put in, not just him now. You know, there's, there's countless men that uh, have put coaching and hours into these young lads. And, you know, we've some lads really coming to the fore now. And, and I suppose we've matured as a team over the last couple of years. You know, they they lost. Um, I think it was four or five finals in a row where they where they couldn't get over the line. And I actually was part of one of those finals when well, my first year up here. And, Joe, those those younger players are starting to really, you know, become the main men on the team, and you know, really stand up. And and even for the county as well, it's, it's them lads really driving it on. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's been brilliant now the last last couple of months. You know, with the Larry Maher. Joe, we're keeping 3A status with the county and now we're in a Leinster semi-final, you know, looking forward to having a crack at one of the bigger guns in the competition.
0: Yeah, and hurling centre-half back, P. I always knew you was a (laughs) a dashing wing forward or maybe a a bit of a poacher, so um, how's that transition going? Obviously, pretty good seeing as you're winning.
1: Yeah, look, I'm enjoying it actually. Um, It was actually the the county manager put me back there um, two years ago. Asher, I always probably had a, a a good hand on me, and and I, I like going and competing for high ball. It was always something I I kind of prided myself a bit on being good in the air, and and he he actually said to me, he said, you know, when you're playing in the half backs, you're always you're always attacking the ball and things like that, and you, and you can kind of drive the team on. But I suppose it was a bit of a strange transition, even though he's playing centre back for the county two years ago. I ended up back in forwards this year, and I had been hurling in the club in the forwards, and it was. Probably more out of necessity than, than, you know, a move that was too pre-planned. was, you know, um, our centre-back, who would have been centre-back for the county, he was kind of struggling with injuries and he was involved with senior footballers and things in the club as well. So um, I went back kind of more of a stopgap and (laughs) uh, I'm still there now. It's going well now. I feel like I'm hurting some of my best stuff in a long time playing there. So I'm, I'm really enjoying it, actually, yeah.
2: Um, Peter, I remember when you said uh, you're good in the air I don't know do you remember back uh, I think you were on the combined hurling team one year weren't you, the Carlos Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember actually one particular match when you were about catching the ball and going I think we were hurling good counsel down and good counsel and yeah. I think it was you, Dickie Murphy was refereeing and you got an absolute, you got opened your hand. you put your hand, mm. caught the ball and turned and got absolutely opened nearly your hand hanging off and Dickie Murphy I remember roaring in from the line, saying, Dickie, what about a free?" And he says, "Play on, play on." He's grand. And I remember your hand. I, I, I'd say we were about five or ten minutes trying to sort out your hand. He absolutely, yeah. it You definitely have that good hand and that good eye for that role, that centre back role um, uh, that you're playing in now. Um, which do you prefer, or do you just do the do adapt or what way do you work? Or
1: uh, I suppose I've I've always been kind of you know. Growing up in Saint Bullens, especially when I got to adult hurling, like it—it it was such a competitive, a competitive thing. And I, I know it's drilled into us as young lads. As if you have a number between one and fifteen, you're you're absolutely delighted. You know, it doesn't matter where it was on the field, um, you know, and and I like I suppose I I've, I've traditionally always been a forward, but I, I am really enjoying the role, and I suppose. Uh, on the flip side, I, I probably was never the biggest scorer as a forward. I was more of a kind of win the ball. I was a runner, and I, when you I used to play wing forward beside Mouse a lot. When you have a sharp shooter like that, yeah, you, you know how to put the ball into his hand. I know my poor mother used to give out to me the whole time. She we'd be coming home in the car, and she said, "You could have put that one over yourself." And I said, i oh, yeah, but I slipped Mouse in, and he'll definitely get it." You know that kind of way. So, uh, which was that kind of. I always probably see myself more as a playmaker kind of a player than maybe someone who's going to put up seven or eight points. And and from from a deeper position, I'm probably getting more space to be able to do that. Now, uh, you know, when when you win the ball as a forward, backs are normally all over you. Whereas when I'm getting the ball as a, a back, you know, it's the odd time you can break free. And and you know, we've a great inside forward line that that you know are are brilliant for making runs and suppose, yeah, it, it, it's a different thing. You're kind of, doing you're a forward, you're kind of judging yourself off. What did I do? Did I get on the scoreboard and things like that? Whereas now, I'm probably, you know, I was coming off the field the last day going, I got four blocks and they caught three of their pokeouts outs and I'm going, geez, that, that's, you know, that's that's a big thing that maybe I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have really noticed as much even out of other lads' performances back then.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. And whether you're playing the backs or the forwards, I think you always go home and you do 10 things right or maybe 10 things, nine right, and it's just the one that sticks with you. I think it's just maybe a nature of of being human. So before we actually move on to St. Mullins, um, there is the possibility, distinct possibility of a a mad kind of a, uh, we'll say a novel encounter, whereby you have your semi-final on Saturday week, which is great firstly for you because St. Mullins are playing Sunday week. So you get to see both the same as you did last weekend. But on the flip side, you know, and Joe mentioned this off air, uh blacks and whites, a lot of those guys you would have uh, hurled with in Boris Vocational School. But one guy in particular was uh, a club mate of yours. Now I don't know if you got to hurl game with him, you were saying off air, but uh the Maloney down there, like you couldn't write this stuff. The the club stuff was mad altogether, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose like um i know a lot of the sky class and it'd be quite friendly. I was actually at a wedding there the weekend before our quarter final. was down um Joe and Murt Kelly's sister Breed would have been in my class, and they'd be good friends with Breed. So, and I was in college at so I was at a wedding chatting to them all <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. But I look, I suppose, like Joe. We were all. I well, personally, I I was delighted to see Scott get over the line. You know, the the we we know a lot of the lads, and I would have hurled with a good few of them in school, and I wouldn't have actually hurled with, um, with Michael there um, at all now. Um, just. But there's a good few of the lads that I would have played with on school teams and Boris school there and they'd be good friends and that. And you know, they were a long time going for that for that big win. And I actually texted a good few of them after saying, you know, it was over the moon for them. And, and it would have been a club, I suppose. We'd say Mullins, we would have played a good bit, you know, like the, they were always a very good practice match to get, you know, we like I suppose being neighboring areas, you, there's that bit of bite, you know, no one even though it's on your practice match, no one wants to come out the other side of it because you're meeting them in, in the pub and Greg, couple of weeks later and and there's the few slight digs or slight comments or whatever but yeah no it's mad like i i was saying that to me mom the other day like well not looking too far ahead or anything but it, it, it the possibility of maybe winning a leinster semi-final you'd never be thinking you were going to be hurling all these lads that you you know you know so well or whatever but that that, that that's the possibilities that that's there yeah yeah uh okay Sherlock.
0: Um, we will come back to that fixture and confirm it again, but I want yeah. to talk about St. Ones because I met you before the match the other day. Um, I saved a few pints last Saturday night, did you?
1: No, I didn't actually. Did you not? You looked like a lad though that was, that was under a little
0: bit of pressure, but I know have oh, yeah. to talk to the as well. I, um, enough, so. <laughs> I, I, the, the,
1: the lads were all out, but I knew I had to drive, so I was out with them, but I was on the water unfortunately Saturday night. Now I was, yeah, we get us clear, huh? Yeah, I promised yeah. my sister. My sister Evelyn was was in Dublin, and she really wanted to go down to the game. So I promised her that I'd collect her at the Red Cow at eleven o'clock. So <laughs> oh yeah, I had to I had to stay in the water now myself. And um, but mm-hmm. I, I was I was more tired. I was wrecked. The whole the whole you know what they say the the adrenaline dump after a big win or something like that. I don't yeah. know what it was, but
0: <laughs> I was feeling it all right. <laughs> it's often. Um... Strange, isn't it, P after games? And I particularly noticed it um in terms of management point of view where it's just an empty feeling after a game, regardless of whether you win or lose. You just you almost can't think sometimes. The adrenaline has left your body, as you say, and you don't really know what the process, what's going on. It's not till the next day or maybe the day after things are starting to uh, properly click with you. But anyway, first point I want to make, and I'm reading an awful lot about this, right? There was a time when us as Carlo people, or maybe more so people outside of Carlo, we're looking at a club game between a Carlo side and a Wexford side. And if a Carlo side happened to come out on top, which hasn't happened, hasn't happened that often, or in general against an underdog, was we'll say, there's this big thing, oh mad, mad stuff that, that's after happening here. But now I think it's a little bit different. Now we're not so surprised when things like this happened, which for me is a real mark of progress. But a lot of the outside noise outside of the county still seem to think wow, like that's that's a massive upset. That's not downplaying the victory it was phenomenal. And the guys are obviously out in the field and it means an awful lot to them. But I actually think that's a really good thing, Peter. I don't know what, what you would think of it, but it seems like we've come a long way with how we think of ourselves and St Mullins and Rangers in the Harlan sense are, are largely responsible for that. Yeah, well,
1: like I was going down Sunday and I felt we were justified favourites. Like, you know, there was... You know there was a lot of lads, uh, like especially up this end, or say because I was telling them I, I was heading down on Sunday and they were going, Geez, like, are, are they much of a price in the bookies? Or not? And I said, No, I said they're favorites, and, they're, and, and that's the way it should be, you know. Like, mm. oh, we were the I, in the last few years. If you compare the two clubs, we've been in the better form, and and you know, we've shown that, you know, like. I suppose even going back to that Leinster run before, like we we probably felt and I know that probably the lads wouldn't say it now, but being away from the panel, I know I felt it. I felt we were as good as any team in Leinster. Um and, and I didn't personally fear going to play anyone in practice matches and things like that. And and you know, like you said, and we've probably all experienced it in our own clubs. I know, say when I started playing Adult Hurling for St months, like we would have found it hard to get practice matches against do you know, serious clubs, and it was almost like, like I can remember playing certain clubs from Wexford and Kilkenny where we thought we were getting their senior team and their intermediate teams turned up. You know, and that and that and that's the way we were we were being looked at. Or you're playing Kilkenny League games, and you're going, you know, you're you're going ahead, and you can hear lads from the line shouting, "They're only a Carlo team, lads, come on!" Like, and you know, like that's all stuff we've all probably experienced yeah. with our clubs. But I think over the last few years like you've mentioned the same ones and, and rangers and and especially the county team i find as well like you know there's been massive days for for all those teams that have shown you know what, what incredible hurlers are in this county and you know, it was brilliant to see there at the you know the champion awards night there you know just to see mouse and chris recognized for a year where hurling didn't really go as well for the county as probably many hoped but like they showed again, like they're probably two of the best forwards in the whole country on their day, and you especially that man from Arklow. I know you had the clip up of him nailing the free after getting hit in front of the stand, but just some of the stuff he's done, like he, like he should be a household name all over the country in my eyes, and and for someone who's played with him since I'm
0: four or five, like he's always been like that to me, anyway. Steve you're shocking quite up there I'm going to bring you in on this scene as you're involved in the commentary Was it a terrible call out or something No hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Any any observations of what Peter has said there Stephen or even general observations in relation to St. ones and Ferns that are
3: there Yeah sure i seen the comedy final in Wexford and I thought it was you know St. Uh, Mark's probably missing a couple of the O'Connor's but probably Ferns were actually favourites that day so that was uh, probably unusual let's say I don't know where firms would have been in the betting at the start of the year. So going by that and first time champions, I, I, I would have given some a 50-50 shot before I seen the bookies prices and they were I think recalling were calling the ended up one or two points. So um yeah, I, you know you'd always look and see who the county lads were. They like, took uh, Paul Morris, the, the name stuck out in this boss. And he there was a lot of the hurling went through through his hands and on sat on Sunday, like, whether he was in the full back lane or full forward line. he buried the goal after three or four minutes to get him started so 100% like that's I think that's the second victory the car team has had over Wexford team is that right?
0: Yeah I when think so in uh, yeah,
3: 2013 yeah. like that uh, and I you know like we, we played Wexford league games yeah, back in 96 and 7 when we started out with Nair Breed and like that time we were playing I remember we played St Martins in 97 down there in um, Pierstown and and Rory McCarthy was playing, John O'Connor was playing, Dickie Murphy was refereeing it. Uh, we had a bit of a, a, a debacle in the first half. I was kind of hung over in the goal and that one dropped. And I don't think it crossed the line, but Johnny Hughes was doing up and Johnny said it definitely didn't, and Dickie said it did, and Johnny said right, well you can keep your, your green flag there. But that day, Rory McCarthy was playing wing back or wing forward, and Jason Hughes got two points off him. No. Uh so you know you're you're looking at that and they were all earned they were after all earned team in ninety-six. So you're looking you're you're oh, what Peter said as well, you're nearly taken for granted now, like that with, with the John McDonough wins and all that, that a Kickenny team or a team or a Wexford team, Offley team, definitely one and Mullins especially are going to have a serious quote off them. And uh like it was the of experience the other day at times, I suppose I, I think taught, I thought all that I thought Ferns carried the ball a little bit too much at times. Um, so I wonder if be that cuter at times. So, and again, game was only two points in it. And I suppose we're looking at the, the long range freeze there for me and Burner at the end of it. And they're looking at the scoreboard. They're looking at the clock beside it going, like, is this, are we going to, you know, you, you get to run the team and you get four or five points in a row there, and it could be enough to get you up your pint. But um, definitely the fact that the run, the, the narrow victories, the two year or three years ago, with the two points or one point wins over Cola and uh Rat right down here, you get into a habit of winning them games. You're not going to panic near the end of it. and the first, the boys didn't. You know, we're myself and Tommy in the comments were looking at. You know, you're wondering, you going to get another 20 minutes, going the extra time here. Uh, small things at this time of the year, and the fact that the goals, the goal came and I was talking to the lads at halftime. I was nearly surrounded by the cabinets. Declan texted me that night. You're both all you want to say john was on left and it was, i met brendan and i met james and talking half time and i said i said conor Dyle and james an effect affecting this game again it's over and the two of them linked up once because i think them boys their athleticism more than their hurling and their hurling speaks for itself now i, I know it was just a ball that barely got through to Connor Kyo, but he spreads them legs and goes for that goal like james Dyle does might have a great finish but it was, a, it was a vital goal to give him a six-point lead at that time. You need a bit of a, you know, you need a cushion at some stage to give something to hold back on but um, I thought that Ferns just, you know, I, I couldn't understand they took off uh, the corner forward, scored to score the side cut in the, the county final took him off and he was hitting three pints. I thought that was George a random. Dwyer, yeah. Yeah, just hold no. it ran because yeah. the other so Benny Jordan, I think scored a pint uh, shortly after over the far side but no, it, it just, I thought, in fairness, and then Sam Wunders, a master stroke, bringing on Seamus Murphy. I said, this lad's going to the edge of the square, which really wasn't. Through so the puck was really going to the half-forward lane. He made one stick. Oshin Rain made one stick. They could have got, definitely got point up one of Shams. So I think Conor Keogh got the free off of one of got the far side. And master called by the boys in the lane. can in fairness, Lennon to see the forward there, Pat, her it up. But you'd have to be massively delightful at Gerlind and Tom, Tom Dyle, you know, saw to their sound as lads will meet like you know and, and the likes of them by the same when mm-hmm. around, just when they got their got their day out that these lads in clubs that are they've played all their life, they might not have the medals that the boys are playing now have or you know, they could have lost six county finals and ten or you know, it's just it's great for these boys to put them back into a club what they go over and more. And like it'd be interesting Crawl Park's gonna uh, it's going to be a you know it's gonna be a great um Day four or seven months, and I don't mean a day out. That that would make it sound like they're only going up for the trip. But it'll be a they'll be going up to win that game, and I was, the bookies have a three to one, and that would look. That's, that's another for another day to discuss that.
0: Hmm. Job, I know you probably have a few thoughts on it here as well. One thing I just want to jump across on randomly while I think of it, right? And it's not something I do probably often enough for anyone. And you're going to bear with me on this because it sounds like I'm going in a direction where you don't think I'm going to fucking go. But when I was sitting ended. in the stand, when I was sitting in the stand last Sunday and I saw the hit that went in on mouse, the first thing I thought was, Jess Paddy, you didn't do any favours with that pass. But the second thing I thought was, that doesn't look a bad shoulder. And then if you look at the angle I put up yesterday, it's not a good show, it's not a good tackle, lads. And um you see, what I'm trying to say is with the benefit of one glance and one angle, that's occasionally what a referee will have to judge off because a linesman and an umpire might be miles away. But having looked at that the second time. I actually think he got a spot on. But firstly, I was like, jeez, lads, if I threw that shoulder, I'd be happy enough with it. Um, I don't know what he thought of it, but on second glance on the footage, it's not the nicest thing to look at. And do you want to take up on that, Joe?
4: Yeah.
2: Was, yeah, I think you're right there in terms of the view. And I thought, I, I was over at the, the far side, of what, you were at the stand, and I was over the, at the bank or an normally stand. And uh, I suppose in, in real time, I didn't think a lot of it. I actually thought, when I looking at it first, I said, geez, mouses after leaving the ground and coming into him." Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. wondering what way it was going to go. Um, but then, like you said, you know, that's the beauty of the of the television and the different angles. And you know, the referees are making judgments in in a split moment. But I think, like we said, what you commented on in your in your clips, the most important thing is, and it shows the man, the market the man they go up and nailed a really important free. Because if you're if you're Ferns and you give away the free and he puts it wide. And you've stopped an attack where someone's running the attack. It's a win-win, whereas he gets up, he mm-hmm. nails it, and the crowd are, you know, are lifted. Um, I suppose we were talking about talking points there in the game as well and the ebbs and flows. I think probably as big a masterstroke as Seamus Murphy is, I think, and we mentioned Juan Cavanaugh. I think the game, you cannot mention the game uh, but the influence of the other Cavanaugh, and that's Jack. He was fantastic, um, yeah. I, I think he had probably, his, I would say, his best game this year, definitely. I go as far as that. He, he. I suppose maybe at the start of the year, he was kind of, you know, I won't say nearly filling gaps. Same say Mullins weren't, you know, missing lads, and Jack was everywhere from the half back line to midfield. He was kind of going everywhere, and, and expected a huge amount of him. And I think it shows the market a man in a big game. The big games he steps up. He'd go down to final as well. You know, he's a real, real leader. And there's so many leaders in that team. And it's one thing, I suppose, we always talk about Sam Mullins and the heart and their energy and and their leadership and you know digging deep. But I think one man always stands head and shoulders above for for that. But not only about that, but the amount of ball he was on in that unbelievable, kind of, you know, and that kind of in that sitting deep role. You call him a half back, wherever you want to call him, was incredible. Do you know what I mean? Um, and doing the sensible thing with it every time. Baron, you think he gave Baron one wants. loose on just one, one, and one oh, yeah. One, that would have been 30. a lot
3: worse. Yeah. Back, back to what Kevin Kevin says there. You remember the the, the main good hawks and the one bad jock. That's exactly
2: it. But I mean, look, yeah. we, we with every like every we let them way one. But I, I just thought as much as, as the boys were nailing the freeze, he if you look at yeah. he was supplying the ball, he was he was a real stopper there for seven months on a day. Um, you know, when they needed something back there to shore. Not that they needed to shore it up. I mean, the lads were hurling as well back there, but they needed something, you know, a, a, something extra. And and that leadership he gave was was phenomenal. Um, mm. And and, and a, I think it was a massive. He just massively influenced the game. You know what I mean? I'd
3: say he must sleep diagonally on the bed because everybody gets goals diagonally.
2: Yeah, switches. Yeah, <laughs> from,
0: from left to right. Yeah, especially if he's playing yeah. that left left half back. Yeah, but and, and to it's, pick up actually, on that, to pick up on that it was very clever distribution, because Owen yeah. Murphy was on the far side, and not trying to fall to Jack, but a lot of the time he ended up coming out with loose ball, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't think Jack was that fall for too many of those, and in early, Peter, I would say, possibly two things back for her. Joe has mentioned one, or Stephen, I think, might you mentioned it there, about going through the hands, and it's something I remarked upon after the game as well, It obviously works well enough for them, but there was times early on especially where you could see they were getting a bit of joy about you know, going direct, mm-hmm. yeah. and I suppose the capability <coughs> to adapt when you see that that's happening in front of you. I think maybe that went against them the other day. But to go back on the other thing then that went against them by having all Murphy there, I give Sam Willens luxury of having someone free. And it just suits Jack down to the ground. Hmm. It was, it yeah, was just
1: on what Joe Joe was saying there. Like I think that the testament to Jack is always like, say after that hand pass, like lots of lads will bury their head in the sand there and not look for the ball for the next, you know, when you've yeah. almost given away something like that. Like, Jack has always been that character for us that no matter what has happened, it's hit hit the ball to me, give the ball to me. You know, I'll get us through this five-minute period. You know, like, the amount of times he's put us on his back, like, and, you know, carried us through probably difficult periods of games. And it's all that kind of stuff that maybe goes a little bit unnoticed. Like, the other day, like, he had some great balls and, and things like that. But what stood out for me was, I think there was two or three times the ball they hit a long ball in, and it broke in our square. And it's like, right here is going to be a shitty goal now. And Jack came out with it, like you know, just one touch into his hand, gone. And like you said, not a panic strike. He got out. He got to a half back or cleared it up the field. Like, and you know, it's it's that assurance and that composure that he has in his game, no matter where he is on the field, all the time. You know, it's it's such a testament to the character he has, like. Joe, like that. After making a mistake like that, you'd easily just whip on a ball in the square. You know, you don't want it. Or, but like he's, no, oh, I'll pick this up in front of everyone, in front of the goal. And you know, I, I, I just thought you said it was one of his best games that he had this year. I think it's one of the best games I've seen him have. Yeah. You say, at Mulls, in, in, and, in as long and as into, I can remember.
2: It's into that different role. You know, you take go back a couple of years with Jack and and uh not writing them off right now if he's listening yeah. <laughs> uh but that high energy that mass you know that covering massive ground that you know that real high octane stuff he's really adapting you know like you know you have to adapt you, to adapt. if you don't adapt you you won't survive in a kind of a modern game and he's you know his position and and how he how he what he does and you know his influence is still as strong as ever and um I think that's an important thing as well like as well and and just as i say where we're at and we talked there about lads giving back you know there's a lad who actually you know jack was involved with the, with the St. Mullins minors there um this year as well you know and stuff like that so there's that cycle there of of giving back you mentioned there the likes of jerry Lennon in the club and it happens in a lot of clubs but again just when we're mentioning saint mullins there you know it was nice to see it's nice to see the gen- one generation influencing the next sort of thing as well so mm-hmm. but um yeah but and just the tempo of the game lads i thought for there was a lot of I won't say whinging and swiping in the media about the long layoffs and the thirteen and the fourteen mm. weeks. By chases that was Championship hurling. As far as I can see, yeah. uh, it was yeah. an incredible game of hurling with an incredible crowd there as well. Like whether that was a week or thirteen weeks after their last game, you wouldn't know because it was, the tempo
0: was just was it was phenomenal. I thought for the sixty yeah. minutes. Great standard, great standard, I thought as well. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Peter, um, we're near enough at the end of our tether, so just a couple of bits and bobs before we finish up. Yeah. Um it's a thought I had the other day and I said it to the lads, right? It goes back to the psyche a little bit of um of the wind of the other day, the nature of it and what we come to expect. And in relation to this then, if you think of Craw Park, and typically you'd be thinking of Carlow teams going up and being a little bit just a little bit nervous for them, will the occasion get to them and all this, right? And I looked at the, the balance of things, and if you look at the Kilmacud squad, look at the St Mullins squad, it's not too dissimilar, and in actual fact, St Mullins may actually have a couple of lads more, in terms of the number of people that have played in Craw Park. And then, the other side of that coin is, and it's a funny one, right, Dublin teams generally have this thing in your head, that even if they've never played in Craw Park, they're just automatically that bit more conditioned to it. But to flip that back then, the St. Mullins lads just take everything in their stride. You look at Michael Walsh a couple of years ago when he was tasked with taking on TJ Reid and how he stuck to that gamely. Like I give St. Mullins a really big chance here in Crawl Park. A really big chance indeed. The space you'd be thinking kill him a court, but sure, St. Mullins have pace the burn. Like what what to lose? So what's what's Peter Fortune's thoughts? I know it'll be a head and heart situation, but how how do you see this one?
1: Yeah, well, look, like you said there, like we've lads not only have played in Croke Park, but they've, they've won finals in Croke Park, you know, and then mm-hmm. there is an experience to that and going through it, like, you know, I suppose the one that sticks out in my mind is, you know, like James Dyle and the, and the four goal, you know, like that pitch is made for a man like James Dyle, like and you seen the other day, I suppose, it's a testament that you're talking about the level that St Mullins are at now, but like, like I, I Joe, you were on, on the same side as me, but uh the man on James Dial was there to try and take him out of the game. He wasn't there to play hurling. like and you know, that's that's the level of forwards that that we have now. Like there's lads that you have to really plan for and in a space like Croke Park, it's very hard to to take someone like that out of the game and, and as Stevie was saying there, like you see Connor the other day, like, and I managed Connor when he was under 14 and he was, he hasn't changed at all in the style that he plays. Like he, when he sees an open gap, he just goes for it. Like, you know, and like, you know, a lot of people, especially with the pass, I know Stevie was saying it was a bit of a, Joe you know, wasn't exactly the pass, maybe James wanted to play, but, um, you know, a, kind of off balance there, a lot of lads maybe tap that one over the bar and say there's a point, you know, on the board or whatever, but, You know, like, we have a lot of forwards that are, like you said, they're pacey, they're on the front foot, they want to go at you, they want to take the game to you. And then you have a nice balance of, you know, like you have a a John Dial that you can go direct to, and and he's probably one of the best hands around. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. the way he's able to take ball out of the sky is, you know, unbelievable. And like you were saying about the likes of, you know, being able to bring a Seamus Murphy off the bench to target, like, is... You know, like to have that experience. You know, to be able to bring in and, and impact the game, and you know. And then on the flip side, like I think, like our backs are are very, very strong. Like you know, you're talking about you know John Doran, Paul Dale, Party There's a full backline. Like you know, like there are some you know hurlers that have been doing it for for however many years. Like you know, at the, at the highest level. Like so. And then like the half back line, like you know, it's, the, it's probably been one of our launching points for the last few years. Like. You know, Joe and Michael there have been unbelievable in my eyes for the last few years at half-backs, and then Paddy O'Shea, uh, for me, I thought he was nearly just, maybe just under Jack after the last few minutes, Mm. so I thought he was probably one Mm. of the best players on the field the other day, you know, and he probably even had a, a couple of minutes where I think one or two passes maybe went wrong for him, and like that, he just reassured himself, and then he plucked one out of the sky, and after that, he never looked back, he was gone, so... Look, I think they're going to come into this game full of confidence, and why wouldn't they? Like, they're, you know, they've had a long layoff after getting that off their back now, they, you know, they after getting a big win, and, you know, even, like, you, you kind of want to come through a battle like that. That That's probably what stood to us the last time we went on a run was, like Steve, you mentioned, you know, it was one or two point wins, and, you know, it was like, no matter what, no matter what was in the last few minutes, you were confident that you could get over the line because you'd been through it already, so... I have full faith in the boys anyway that they're they're going to go up anyway and and they're going to put in a massive performance. and and, That's all you can do and
0: see where it takes you. Mm -hmm. And just to confirm that fixture again from the feckings point of view, so Saturday week, uh, opposition and time and venue?
1: Yeah, so we're playing Horswood. They're the intermediate A champions in Wexford and we're going to be playing in in Enniscorthy. I think we're still waiting... Mm. 100% on the pitch confirmation, but um, it's going to be half one on the Saturday. Um, So, yeah, look, I suppose, hopefully there'll be a few down. A couple of people stopped me in in Dr. Cullen the last day just to say that that they're hoping to get down on on the Saturday as well. So hopefully we'll be able to maybe turn it into a bit of a home field advantage for us as well. And uh, then should look, all roads lead to Croker then. And and
0: hopefully it'll be another big day for Semmoles. Good stuff, Peter. The very best look, and thanks for joining us again. All right, no
1: worries, Kev. Mind yourself, lads. Best, best look,
0: Peter Fortune, so man. Um, I want to move on to I want to move this second camera here first, anyway, because it's gone skill <laughs> waste That's what I going to do now. In relation to Michael, they're in a Lencer semi-final in the intermediate grade this Saturday. They're taking on Nafina, that's up in Nafina. Uh, one o'clock, I think, is is trying time, and they had an unmerciful battle last time out, and there is a capability or a possibility of a Carr-Ockel-Kenny final on the cards, which wouldn't be too unusual for, for Michael in Leinster. I suppose altercations down through the years. I think James Stevens are over on the other side of it, so we know what their um, what their tradition is like. Stevie, I'm, I'm not too sure opposition-wise how how good or what they're like, but we know what Michael can do, and um, a great chance here, I suppose.
3: Yeah, and I was actually looking the Nashs there. Like four or five of them girls and mine are minor still for for Michael. Like that's mad. And, 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 you know you're talking about the experience of have care and. Uh, Kate, you know, Kate Nolan and, and all these Tara Wilson, like there was, I think four it was Amy, Amy, Nolan, Kim Nolan, Jordan. Jordan, was four manual, I think and, you know that there, and, and Sarah Sheen she's sixteen. She was centre back in that team last week. She's 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 absolutely gonna be a savage player. Um, look, they are I think Peter said it earlier on that with with St. the one they're from winning a couple of county titles, club championship, then you're more focused on it. Like you can't be any more focused than Michel, twenty three in a row, and every year they go into that club championship, I'd say there's teams do not want to be meeting them. Because if you're an S or whoever you are coming out their first time out for winning, you do not want to be facing Meichel and that is a fact. But uh, you know, that game went extra time, extra time. I think the one be what was a two twenty to three nine in the wind up. You know, that's that's seven rare points and look at Brendan Head and have them. they they will be, you no, know, their their table. We said about Sam Mullen's get. He can out the victories, one and two point victories. Michael, any team at that level, they're going to put up to him. And, and the thing I I not I said I don't know much about him. There's are uh. Me team look me, me me have had decent Camogie teams down there down the years there. I've had I think actually the last time now Braid won it. The played with Me team in the club championship up in Boy the following shows and the was was a brain girl I think she played with Me. Uh, bought football in Ireland she was on and she was absolutely savage. But uh, you know they will give that Gung Ho on Saturday. And best of luck to them.
0: Yep, best look luck indeed. Uh, Paul Byrne is on standby backstage, and that's why he was doing a bit of smiling there, because he was backstage 10 minutes ago, and I saw him with a beverage in his hand, and now it's a, it was a different-looking beverage I spotted there a second ago. I don't even know if he knows I'm talking about him, but uh, we'll bring him in here anyway. He's in a, what do you call it, a remote location. Paul Byrne, how are you getting on? Your microphone is muted there. We'll have to unmute you. Hold on. Now, there you go. What's the story, lad? Well, Lance, what lad's lad. story? Ah, so we're flying. Oh, do, you want to, do you want to tell us where you're coming to us live from? No. <laughs> do you want to tell us no. anyway?
1: <laughs> Actually, oh,
4: okay. you were talking about you were talking about stick fighting and stuff. Should we know nothing about it that over this side of the county?
0: Just fighting. <laughs> oh,
4: sticks are optional. John yeah. Nolan, there now, a, a great man to sell you. Socks and stuff, Joe. have You any more left? I tell you, laddie, I'd say I probably have them underneath the desk here. Actually,
2: <laughs> we can do a deal on <laughs> air here.
4: Just I bought a low, I bought a lowland off you one time there, Carlo once. So lovely. Yeah. I tell
0: Still you, going. you you this pre planned here now. You I, I, this big sales organisation here. Right? <laughs> Not see black, that. That. black Friday. Yeah, That's Friday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, do you know what? We're on topic of it. There's a few of them jerseys that where'd I hope Still knocking around there as well, and they're, and they're going cheap. If anyone wants one, uh, send me a message. A few hats got in there now as well, and they're also going cheap. So um, it's black all year I, round here at the left wing back HQ. Um, I'd, be, I'd, be,
4: I'd be really upset now if we didn't argue a free one then, Kevin.
0: Okay. Well, there's a couple going out already. And Paul, seeing as uh, you're a relatively new recruit to us, and um, what do you call it? I, uh, we call this your audition. I, I think you might have the gig anyway, but. We might, yeah, we might be able to get you on somehow or another. Um, anyway, lad, what's the crack? Club Moore on the Crest of the Wave as well. There's a lot of carol teams on the Crest of the Wave at the moment, so we should call this the Crest of the Wave podcast, I suppose, because I've had to mention it about 10 times. But um, is there buzzing out there?
4: Yeah, it's good, yes. Brilliant. Um, look, so we've, been, we've been here before, um, and but we've been here as an intermediate team, and you know it's a bit different, but... Look, it's, it's fantastic. And the more it goes on week on
0: week,
4: so it's great. Everyone's happy out
0: there. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, in terms of the opposition, you would be thinking that it might be difficult enough to try to do some homework. But um more found a way, like a lot of teams tend to do now, and good contacts can sort a lot of those uh, problems out. So, um, 1 o'clock on Saturday on Netwatch, Cullen Park, Leinster Junior semi-final. What can we expect from these mead lads?
4: I don't know, Kevin, should you've seen it. Um, you've seen the video I, I sent to you and we had a look at it and we had a look at it here. That's and all it.
0: people that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, all
4: had, we all had a look at it and, and they the playing in their mid-final and, you know, I don't know, there was a couple of lads there they were impressive enough, uh, but I took at on, on. I think uh, man for man, they're, they're definitely not good, as good as or are. But having said that, it's all about today. Like you know, me footballers don't don't come down to the plate like the likes of Carlo and kind of you know, not show up. They show up. What's mm-hmm. to do? What's to do? Mm-hmm.
0: Paul, how much would the lift the last? Uh, I suppose the win the last day have lifted the site. Um, like it was an impressive victory. Like far more people knew they had a great chance and probably went in expecting to win. But the Clare boys would have come down expecting the same thing and. Looking back on that particular video, and I definitely looked at that one. <laughs> definitely. Uh, no, but 100% did. It's the other one I, I may or may not have. Uh, Rob Kelly and co. Like, you'd be thinking, right, just them boys are going to take a bit of mining. But just coming down the home stretch, it seemed like the, the fitness levels were just that bit more superior. And a bit of grit as well. And, you know, it's nice to win a game like that, isn't
4: it? Ah, uh, yeah. In fairness, Kevin, um, like, I think... Anyone who has seen that would know that uh, maybe Straffin ran out of legs uh, towards the end. But, you know, Calmore didn't score for 16, 17 minutes in the second half. and But they were able to winter the storm and they were able to kind of, you know, lie in and do everything that you should do for that kind of period of time. But, uh, you know, Kildare teams... Or me teams or any other teams like some or Carlo have really, really good history against the likes of careerlier uh, clubs um you know we go back to their rogues and the the Hanrens and all the good 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 teams like that. so like I wouldn't be anyway out by you know any county coming into Carlo to play against us at club level whatever happens at county level, that's a whole different ball game, but you know. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be that kind of worried about it.
0: Yeah. Can I ask one thing and the lads are here and they'll probably crap you on it, but I'm almost certain outside of uh Carlo representatives at senior level, I don't think a Carlo club in football in terms has got to an intermediate or junior final. I'm hoping the correction on that. I don't think they have. So that would be a big, big step if Clumore were able to achieve that Saturday, wouldn't
4: it? Yeah, I wouldn't think so now I know we did before, as I said to you, set up in the, in the semi final. I think Grange done the same. I think they went to a semi final, and I think that probably other clubs went to semi finals. But uh, in a sense of getting to a final, I don't think so now.
0: Yeah, yeah, lads. Stevie, I, I know you obviously would have would have saw a couple of the Clonmore games. Joe, you you did the county final, sure, with uh, with me as well. And um, you know, it's it's mad how how the whole thing. Just lifts off then. And we knew, I suppose, the day that drawn final, uh, you know, obviously I had, I had a feeling that was probably locking Bridge's chance and approved proved to be the case. And Clomore made no mistake the next day. But then you just literally go a few weeks later and now look where Clomore are and, you know, how close they are to, to doing something really, really big here. Like it's it's just mad the way once you get out of Carlow and it can often be the case, toughest championships, you're all one to win, things just open up, don't they?
2: But it, yeah, I think I like Kevin, it. sometimes it's that uh, the big one is winning your own county, and and uh, like Clamore the first day against Lachlan Bridge, there was that kind of fear and trepidation, and 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 I suppose look, Lachlan had a came with a game plan to, you know, and, and to stifle Clamore, and and they did, and and it was a you know it was a very tight game, nip and talk, you know, and but for you know a last minute equaliser, we mightn't be talking here, we might be you know talking to someone else, you know, but um, I, I think I suppose like when clubs. When clubs win their own county title, I'm sure Paul will say, like sure, that was their ultimately that's your focus this year, getting some more back intermediate. You know, you've had an incredible year out there, I know at, at in all levels, um, when you look back on it, but just say for your for your your main team it's getting back up intermediate. And so when you've that box ticked, I think you can let the shackles off a little bit. And I think you have the players to play you know, to play the football to put it up to anyone. You know, when you when you know, if if I, I think if a team go kind of toe to toe in terms of an open game, I, I think you're you're so well equipped to, to pick off teams, you know what I mean? Um, But it's a different mindset. You know, it can be that little bit of luck that, that pushes you to the next, or gets you that next day in your case in terms of the final, but you certainly made no mistake, uh, you know, made, made no mistake in that final. And I think when you play with a little bit of abandonment or, you know, kind of, it's, it's really a shot to nothing. I think you, you probably see the best in teams as well. And I think we're probably seeing that in some more the longer the journey
4: goes on for them. I think, I think right. I think you're right, Joe. In fairness, um, you know, we were 20 seconds away from not winning it, mm-hmm. not winning the the own County Championship. And you know, in fairness, other 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 clubs and all the rest probably thought that come <laughs> were a shoe in and all the rest. But you know, in fairness, and 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 uh, I've said it to uh, yourself, Kevin, before. You know. Like Damien Farrell doesn't send out a bad team. He'd send out a team to, 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 to try and do uh, as best they can and try and you know, try and uh no look, like like. yeah. What's yeah. gonna happen on the other side? And in fairness, Tom Moore were lucky probably to get out with that, to be honest, on the first day and, and, and then everybody, you know, probably walked away from and said, you know, it's Tom Moore's the second day. And in fairness, they 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 kicked on. And you're right, you're right, Joe, in terms of, you know, you go off there from that and you get a bit, uh, you know, you got the freedom and you can kind of kick on. And, um, you know, Clamwell have done that. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I think there is also a kind of a thing after the first round of it, you don't really know who's taking it serious. You don't, you know, there's other clubs, you know, you're, you're looking at who you're playing and all the rest, and you're kind of wondering, you know, is the is the, the county championship the pinnacle of what they've done, or are they kicking on for something else? But, but certainly over this side, you know, once we get over Lachlan Bridge, you know, or um, like after that, we were kind of looking at going beyond that. Certainly semi-final, and I'd say, you know, if Tomberlough don't, don't win on Saturday, we'd be
0: little bit disappointed about that Hm. Steve-O do you want to
3: jump in yeah, I was actually listening to as, as a Kieran Walsh I was listening there on the radio the other day and like he said that you know he would have uh, a sneaky look at the draw for the Lentra Championship when they came out and you no, know, I don't understand myself and it wasn't that we were going to be in any man? but I just looked I noticed the Cairo teams had a lot of home advantage and a lot of the gradings and really okay you forget about that till the final this is over and Fena win and they're playing at home to Greystones Clamora home to playing to and whatever. And, uh, you know, that's, that shows a bit of ambition too. Like I, did, I was impressed with Clamore last day. Um, I literally said it to the man beside me. There was about 10, 12 minutes to go. And I looked up at the scoreboard and I said to him, I, says, I think Straffan's scoring is finished. And it said, 30 seconds later, uh, Clamore got the second goal. And that just lay a match to it. And Shane McGrath kicks a pint then, hadn't seen him for the last 20 minutes. Kicks a pint to 45 and the whole York is just going one way. And you know, the management has to get a serious uh for that too because that day you know, I was looked at about 10 lads on the line and Dr. corner was supposed to four or five. You know, that's that's it for another day as well. But I thought Tom <laughs> never panicked, you know, when you know, you're know you you're gone through two or three points down, and like there was, there was a couple of points kicked the first half there. Um, it's actually Derek Tracy's nephew kicked him, um, for, for Straffan. he's playing midfield. They then kicked some savage scores. Rob Kelly kicked the point after about ten seconds, from about 50 fifty metres out. And you know, Clamore never panicked. Wool said it they panicked a little bit in the first half. The party and vouched for a couple of goal chances where they kind of they went straight down the middle and they just didn't get the last pass off. In fairness, they didn't dwell on it. The scoreboard they might have the score for twenty minutes, quarter of an hour, but you know Stratham were still within sight. And look, as you said, the Metro, they'll come down, they're going to play their game, but that have no fears, Claremore for winning a lot of games in Dr. Cullen Park this week, this year, and you know it'd be great to go get the Lane into this, into the final on the other, I think is it yeah. is it feather than no? Is that coming to me? another half, which it, uh, it's a Karen Walsh and in it, but um, the experience Paul Garrigan has there has to be some, has to be vital as well. I, I from being with the meat la- ladies there as well, and you know when with the other Castle Town below in in. in in Wexford as well. You know, little things like that, the Nuggets no, he'll pick up over the, the years he's been involved there at that, that top level. Small thing like that can swing a game there in the last five minutes if you're if you're in the game, a little small thing. Like Devin Mulvaney coming in a sub there every game. It's worked the last couple of games I've seen anyway and, you know, it, impact subs, you know, it's an old dirty cliche but, you know, if it's only one or two balls it turns over and gets a painter's Handing
0: a goal, job is mm-hmm. yes. up. Uh, so, just a word, lads, on on Palatine, because obviously we're only back, and I know it seems like a lifetime ago now, but it is actually only last Sunday week. I, I said it ages ago, Port Arlington, haven't seen them up close for a long, long time. Before uh, any provincial campaign, actually, John Stevie will probably vouch for this, but I just think in terms of any club in the country, I think they're as, as good as what's out there and a real signal of intent for them was the weekend of electric picnic they they went down and played east kerry and there was only a kick with ball and i think like and i suppose you heard peter fortune say earlier there about not being able to get games but well, east kerry taught highly enough for them to take the game as well when they went down like Which, you know they're, they're a good side in fairness and when it when it came to it on the day um you know, having the benefit of looking back at it, I didn't get to, to go to the game. It was a pissy fucking day anyway, which wasn't ideal. But they're, they'll just mix it with you anyway, anyway you want the, the hardest, the hardest way they find to get past people generally is when the are are defensive, and least were very lucky to go over them. And you know, were going to go and have a go, I suppose, mm-hmm. and they always will. But that was probably the biggest fear as well, because when it goes down to it. That's just Suiting Port Ireland Down to down the tee But uh, You know what They went out uh, They won the first round Of Leinster on national television They were giving out That they weren't getting Enough coverage I think they were giving out About us as well um, They weren't impressed At any Any of the media this year Who Apparently everyone Wrote them off So uh, You know When, when, when it mattered when, when they played it On live television They won they won the game And I personally don't think There's any shame In losing to that Port Ireland side And uh, Ahead of the weekend Paul I would give Port Ireland A great chance Against Kilmercourt Oh, what way do you see that one go on?
4: Yeah, and to be fair, to be fair, Kevin, uh, if you looked at the the game they had again, um, the Port Harland game against Palatine, uh, pure respect to Palatine because other than the six seven minutes before half time, uh, Palatine were dancing with them, absolutely no problem, toe to toe. And I think, in fairness to Palatine, you know. You need a bit of experience playing that. Maybe Airog have had it and maybe other clubs have had it in Leinster. I think they'll be the better for it. Um, obviously, over here in East Carlow, we were absolutely thrilled by the fact that they, they, they beat a the Wicklow team in the first round. So, we were we were <laughs> happy. Out. That was our, our, our All-Ireland. Uh, so it didn't matter. And, and look, and I was I, I was fierce bad for a lot of a lot of young Palatine lads that had been involved with uh, at 20s level and stuff. You know, Dixie and various other lads. And, you know, they played really, really well on national television and it's great. But you look at Port Arlington now and you'd say to yourself, you know, how good were they or would, would will they match? Will they match what's needed? And, and, and I'm not so sure, to be honest. I, I kind of think. Kill will probably just have seven or eight, to, seven or, eight or nine points maybe uh, too much for them I don't know what uh, the, the last thing, but that's my view
0: hmm. you
3: know, last year Kim Hood you know they were dependent on the colour to be Port Arrington. they haven't got Paul Mannion they have a lot called Shane Walsh No, he's not too so bad I'm um, yeah. just looking there and now he's actually wearing the Kilmock Hood colours I think that's Joe yeah, pure, pure, pure right. accident um yeah, like back to what you said about the ultra defensive, like probably that trouble report issue said Kevin, um Kim is probably going to be they won't mind if they don't minute to last five minutes, you know, that game against like, they had to get a goal to go ahead in, in the, the Port Harrington game last year. So you, you might be thinking once bit and twice shy, but Port Harrington if the the pay, play as well as they can, we'll give them an but enough of them and, and beating them as two different things. Uh, you still you still have to fancy Killmacode, like they're probably freaking eleven to 8 or six to four to win all Ireland. But um, I'd like to see Port if 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 the, the, the Mohawk ones blaze and give it as good as they can. You have a cracker of a match. If it's something like the Slath Clan medal commercials played on last Saturday, and that brand of football there played was refreshing to see. If anyone's seen it, it was just just lovely. Do mm. yeah. so you like to
2: see? Play- only what two pints in it last year what was it, one eleven to twelve pints So mm-hmm. it's going to be you know, and we talk about motivation, and you talk about you know something to play for. Obviously, Kilmacred have you know they're both, like Kilmacred are probably when they come out they're looking at Dublin champions generally behind to be looking at you know one of the favourites for the All Ireland club and right. So they're no they're no mugs, but you're talking like Port Arrington definitely with that focus, knowing how close they were last year. Um, I give him a right. Co- I give him a right cut at it. Do you know what I mean. I do think Paul Mannion is a massive loss. I know have they have Shane Walsh. If you're Shane Walsh and Paul Mannion, you're thinking maybe differently. But um, you know, I I I think it'll be a massive. I think it'll be a massive game, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Port Erin come out the the winners there.
0: Mm-hmm. Paul, oh, there you go. You're coughing it. Uh, I was going to say your microphone is is here with what? Yeah. Look, we're we're at the the end of our tether. So. Um, I think myself and yourself are teaming up Saturday there for a, a bit a, a bit of crack with this with this Club Moore game. So I'm looking forward to that. It should be a really good game. And um, in fairness, there has been good crowds of those as well. So um, yeah, we were just <laughs> just just one yeah. last thing, Paul. Sorry, uh, we were saying it at the start, and I suppose seeing as your P or Club Moore, or different to what we would say to you know, um, St Mullins or or to Michael Camogie when teams go this far and you have gone far enough already, it's really shortening the winter for us genuinely as, as Carla supporters. And, um, you know, we want to commend you and thank you for that and, and hopefully you can keep the whole thing going for us for another few weeks anyway, along with St. Mullins and Michael. Yeah, but it's fair pickings as, as, well, as well, I should say.
4: <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. with Kevin, Bo, like, there is a point where it's not, you know, just a bit of crack and kind of, you know, prolonging your season. Like, you know, for for lads that, play football here or maybe in your club or in any other club and it, it doesn't matter what uh, grade they're at Um, you know the further they can get and the more they can achieve you know they're writing their own history and, and and that's the truth of it like you know we can we can go as junior whatever this this that and the other but like you know over this side and, and you know maybe every club is the same you know everyone talks about you know, lads that done various things 50 years ago, 40 years ago, most clubs want to write their own history. And, and, and young fellas who deserve to be, you know, known for being good footballers and all the rest, they want to do it. So, like, it, it's not just a kind of, a, you know, a free shot for Tom Moore. They really, really want to win it. It's as simple as that. And I think, um, you know, if they do kick on from Saturday... I think it'll be a massive day in uh, in Carlo on the 3rd of December.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's, as well. Any last thoughts before we wrap it up in general? No. Okay, well look, I know one last thing I would like to say anyway. There has been a number of uh, bereavements in terms of great uh, gales that have passed over the last couple of weeks and there's a good few to mention. So I'm, I'm not actually going to mention them all just in case I leave someone out. But uh, we want to pass on or uh, our deepest sympathies on that note as well. So yeah, look, we'll leave it at that. Paul Byrne, John Olin, Stephen Barnbury, thanks a million. Much appreciated. And uh we'll chat to you again very, very soon indeed. And a shout out to uh, Talbot Fitness who came on board with us here uh for tonight's episode. Uh we're going to do another one next week, confirm time and uh and day and, and all that. Sure, the venue won't change any anyway, of that's one thing for sure. But uh Talbot Fitness the sponsors and look, keep an eye out for their Black Friday special as well up to 50% off memberships and stuff go under and chat to mark he'll look after you until next time take care